You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Talk 790 Astroline, brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Astros Line presented by Pluckers Wing Bar, Todd Callis, alongside Steve Sparks. A busy week as we get ready for spring training to start in less than a month down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Sparky, first of all, welcome. We had the Houston Sports Awards in the middle of the week. We had Fan Fest last weekend, uh, but the big news came out on Thursday was the Astros announcing a new general manager, Dana Brown. And we got a, a little chance to, to hear about his background. Uh, of course, coming over from the Atlanta Braves, one of the model franchises in all of baseball right now. I love uh, some of the things he was talking about, some of the people uh, he worked closely with. And his background in scouting, I think, had to kind of wow Jim Crane and the guys who were making those decisions uh, very deep uh, into the scouting department's And I think that's going to serve the Astros very well. Yeah, I think when you look at what organization you would want to pluck somebody from their front office, it's hard to argue with the way the Braves are lined up here in the future. They are probably lined up better than any of the other 30 franchises, including the Houston Astros. And a lot of that has to do with what Dana did in his scouting role. I mean, the two guys that finished uh, Rookie of the Year and runner-up were both guys that he was able to draft. Uh, not in the first round of the draft in Michael Harris and Spencer Strider. Yeah, I think when you vet those players, even before the draft, you feel real comfortable once they make it to the major league level to offer those extensions. And that's what the Braves have done more so than anybody else. Is they've locked up a, y- a lot of their young players, just one- and two-year players, uh, for the long haul. They've, and they've got them in the full for six or seven years now. And they're still only going to be around 30, 31 years old. That works perfectly. It's interesting because, you know, things turned over when Jeff Luno and A.J. Hinch were let go. And it's not easy to sustain excellence. And a tip of the cap to James Click for doing that for three years. And now Dana Brown has that same obligation where there's really no place to go up from where the Astros are now, but he has to try and sustain that excellence. But I, it seems like he's got a lot of confidence in making that happen. You know what's good, though? And see if you agree with this. Sometimes just a different perspective might help you, you know, zig when some other teams are zagging. And that was always the Astros' way for the last few years. And it's a big reason why they've been so successful since 2015 is they've been able to think outside of the box so well. So to bring... And somebody at the helm to maybe bring in a guy or two uh, to help them think outside the box, I think is going to be advantageous. Mentioned off the top of this past weekend was a big weekend with Fan Fest going on. And I know you were a big part of it. What were your thoughts? I could not, and personally, I couldn't believe the crowds. What were your thoughts overall about Fan Fest at Minute Maid Park this past Saturday? You know, we missed Fan Fest in the caravan for a couple of years there with the pandemic. So getting back out there and understanding the, the passion and the enthusiasm that the fans have for this certain group uh, is enormous. And I think I've done eight or nine of these now, and I don't think we, we've seen one that well attended by a long shot. I, I think it was always 15,000, 16,000 feeling really good about it, and this last one it eclipsed that by about 20,000. So uh, the, the fans, the players are, are very appreciative of, of the fans, but – you know, it's a love affair. I mean, it goes both ways, and it's fun to be a part of that. It was so much fun. There were so many good vibes, especially when you come off a World Series championship. And I love uh, the fact that Jose Abreu not only was there, but he was like he was a major participant. He went around and made sure he talked with pretty much everybody on the team. He seems like he is going to be a perfect fit with his 2023 team. I think you're right. I think his personality fits perfectly. Uh, there's enough Latin players to feel real comfortable right off the get-go. But he's a player we even uh, heard when he was with the Chicago White Sox may have been one of the best leaders that, that any team had in the league there for the last few years. So 
to go in there and set a, set any kind of an example and to go out there and, and you know, you got to put up or shut up. And he's one of those put up type of players. He goes out there and knocks in runs and the Astros love run producers, you know, that uh, he's going to fit in perfectly right in the middle. In addition to all the separate fan forums we had during the course of FanFest, they also announced the 2023 Hall of Fame class for the Astros Hall of Fame. We're going to hear who those two gentlemen were. Uh, we'll give you a little hint. It's the Summer of Bills. We'll tell you about that in the next segment. We also mentioned in the middle of the week they had the Houston Sports Awards. It pretty much could have been renamed this year the Houston Astros Sports Awards because Jim Crane won Executive of the Year, Dusty Baker won Coach of the Year, Jordan Alvarez won Athlete of the Year. Jose Altuve won Sportsman of the Year. The final out of the World Series was the moment of the year. And Larry Durker won the Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, they pretty much swept the Houston Sports Awards, Sparky. Well, it's been that way for a little while now. So I, I think we're all in agreement that the moment of the year is what counts most. You know, and that's to, to, to catch that last out in foul territory. Kyle Tucker puts it away. And the Astros for the second time are world champions. And I think that's what everybody's been working to, you know, and it starts from the top up. And we've heard so many talk people talk about it's the reason why the culture is such uh, with this Astros, because the owner uh, sets a very high standard for everybody and everybody kind of falls in line. Uh, but he gets uh, a lot of respect from from people all throughout this organization, including the players, but the manager, the coaching staff, the front office, everybody. Uh, it starts there, but then, you know, everything was, you know, we talked about Dusty Baker and we talked about, of course, the impact that Jordan had with uh, his big home runs that maybe turned around the postseason, especially in game one in the division series against Seattle. Just so many great memories for this Astros organization that we're going to be able to draw uh, up on for years to come. We mentioned at the top. One of the big things Jim Crane did this week, in addition to being honored as executive of the year, is hire a new GM. Dana Brown is the new general manager of the Houston Astros. He held a press conference. It was Dana Brown and Jim Crane meeting with the Houston media on Thursday at Minute Maid Park. We caught up with Dana right after that press conference. And uh, a background that starts with the Montreal Expos. He was hired by Omar Minaya. Scouting background with a number of teams before now becoming general manager of the Astros. The first thing I asked him this was the third team that he interviewed for as the GM. He also interviewed prior to this with the New York Mets and the Seattle Mariners. And I asked him what was different this time around. Yeah, so um, the, the biggest difference is I was able to sit down with Jim Crane, who's the owner. Uh, the past interviews were uh, had discussions with uh, the president, the presidents of the club. So this was a lot different. So I knew I was hitting home when I was talking to the owner. Uh, it's my first time ever getting in front of an owner, and I uh, thought we hit it off really well. And um, he thought I was the choice, so I'm excited about it. You have a playing background, former minor leaguer, and then scouting background. Omar Minaya, very instrumental in getting you to this level, uh, hiring you during that Montreal-Washington transition. I assume he's one of your big influences in this game. Who else has been a big influence in the game to get you to this position? Yeah, I mean, Bud Selig, uh, I mentioned him because he was one of the ones that gave Omar the chance to run a club on the Expos. And so he was very big. And, you know, Manford talking about, you know, hey, stay the course, keep doing what you're doing. You know, and, of course, Alex Anthopoulos and I have a great relationship, 12 years of working together. And as I said before, iron sharpens iron, and we were rubbing up against each other, trying to make each other better for a long time. So uh, he's he's been pretty special, a special friend. Only 30 of these jobs available, so it seems like an obvious transition for you. But that had to be a tough organization to leave from not only what you've built over the 12 years with Alex and others, but what the future looks like. Yeah, it was very difficult. You know, it's like pulling gum off the carpet. It was, uh, you know, it's hard to get it all out. I was, um, you know, I had, like I said, I had built such a strong relationship with Alex. We'll always be friends. And at the end of the day, I love what we were doing over there in Atlanta. Um, you know, we had a good thing going. We, uh, we felt like we were running on all cylinders and uh, it was pretty special. And, you know, so it was, it was tough to leave, but you know, uh, this is a great opportunity. I'm fired up about it and I'm excited to get going. You have a lot of new people to meet, but you have some familiar faces here in the organization already. One of them you played with at Seton Hall. Tell me about uh, knowing and, and playing with Craig Biggio and how instrumental was that 
in, in you being here. Yeah, Craig was big. I mean, I talked to him a couple times. In fact, I talked to him today. He called me to congratulate me. Uh, we've always had a special friendship going back to 1987 when we played against each other. Actually, 1986 when we played with each other. Uh, but he was very instrumental in, in letting the organization know, hey, what type of man you're getting, the character, the makeup. This guy is relentless about the game. Uh, so he was pretty special. It was great to reconnect with Bagwell because we had played against each other. Uh, so that was really good. And, of course, Dusty. When I got a chance to talk to Dusty, uh, that was also big. And most of all, you know, Jim Crane pulling the trigger to get me here. It's like I'm excited. A couple more, then we'll let you go. It's a very busy day for you. Houston is, is relatively new. You're going to have to learn the city a little bit. A uh, lot to do in the, in the next few weeks. And you have an organization that has now reached eight, six straight AL. Uh, championship series. That's never happened before. It's kind of nice to come into this situation, I would guess, and try and keep this thing rolling. Yeah, as far as the city, I'm very familiar with Houston because I have to scout here all the time. You know, it's it's a United Hub. I'm a global service member, so I'm excited about that. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, six straight, you know, coming into a winning organization, um, the one thing I want to do is add to it. Mm and keep it moving and see if we can make this thing long-term sustain winning. And uh, that's what the goal is, and I'm excited. Final thing, Dana, when you walked in, I'd never met you before. The first thing that struck me is you had the perfect Astros tie. It is a perfect Astros tie. Is that something that was in your wardrobe, or is this a recent purchase? Yeah, not in my wardrobe. My, my wife went out and purchased it. She always has to take care of me. She made sure she got the same colors, and we matched today. So we could actually go to the prom again. <laughs> well, it's exciting to have you and Cassandra here. Thanks so much for the time, and have a great time as the Astros GM. And I, I, I'm so happy you had time to talk to us tonight. Thank you. I'm fired up. Great to meet Dana Brown. He was fired up. Love the Astros colors tie. I know it doesn't translate on radio, but it was a great looking tie that his wife got for him. Sparky, what stood out for you when you listened back to that interview? You know, just the opportunity that Dana had to get in front of Jim Crane and have that interview and the feeling that he had uh, where he felt like they hit it off right away, I think goes a long way. I think anybody knows when they're in an interview if things are going well and, and it just flows. And I think and feel that that's probably the way things went is probably one of the biggest reasons he got the job. Dana Brown, the new general manager of the Houston Astros. Plenty more coming up on Astro Line when we come back. We'll tell you about the Astros Hall of Fame class in 2023. You're listening to Astro Line, presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. World Series champion. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. The 23rd annual Shriners Children's College Classic returns to Minute Maid Park March 3rd through March 5th. See some of the top collegiate programs in the country take the field for a three-day tournament. Learn more at astros.com slash college classic. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com slash spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros, the Palm Beaches. More Astro Line. Todd Callis alongside Steve Sparks. It's time now for our Astro Line Rewind presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Is there a more fitting Astro Line Rewind than talking about the Hall of Fame class? Because we rewind back to the greats in Astros history. And this year, Steve, 
a couple of guys going into the Hall of Fame class, one out of the broadcast booth, Bill Brown, and one from the playing field, Bill Doran. Your thoughts? Well, let's we'll start with Bill Brown because we know him so well. And Brownie is one of my favorite people, not just broadcasters of all time. And uh, he's just such a generous man. Uh, he's very patient, but uh, he was always so welcoming. Uh, with us, I know with you as well, Todd, uh, uh, when you took over the seat uh, for him in the broadcast booth, but uh, just one of the more genuine people that we've ever known. Uh, couldn't be more deserving. And not only is the Astros Hall of Fame, but, man, I'd love to see him get a push uh, for the Ford Frick Award for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, how he's not a finalist for the Ford C. Frick Award year in and year out, I'm really not sure. He deserves to be on that list of 10 broadcasters for sure. And he did help me immensely in the transition. He kind of tipped me off the summer before he retired, just saying, hey, I'm thinking this is going to be my last year. You may want to get your stuff ready to apply for the Astros job. And he was so instrumental in helping me during that transition. It's funny, both of our wives are named Michelle, my Michelle, had said like a month or two into the season, I think my best friend is my best friend is Bill Brown because he was always at the games with her. <laughs> he was teaching her about who the different players were. He took the time out to really make her uh, feel at home when she really didn't know anybody else in Houston. So we love uh, Brownie dearly and his wife Diane, and and we're so happy for them. Uh, Bill Doran, the consummate professional. You know he doesn't jump out at you as maybe one of the all time best second baseman in terms of the National Hall of Fame, but he is certainly a Hall of Famer in Astros history. Yeah, whenever I have a conversation with Craig Biggio and he talks about some of his early years as a Major League Baseball player, it's always Bill Doran, Bill Doran. I mean, uh, I think Biggio was always going to be a hard-nosed player anyway, but Doran uh, kind of reiterated what it really meant to go out there and play at a very high level, uh, play with 100% effort on every single play, and uh, Doran was hard-nosed, man. He would take guys out at second base. Uh, he would play hurt, all those traits that we knew and came to love about Biggio and Bagwell for all those years and Caminiti and those guys. Doran kind of set that pace for all those guys and the way they approached the game. So, uh, once again, a very, very deserving Hall of Fame uh, entry for uh, another great Houston Astro. Looking forward to talking to him this summer as part of the Summer of Bills. They had the press conference earlier this week where both Brownie and Bill Doran were on with the media from Houston. We're going to start with Brownie and hear some of his thoughts. Well, the thing about our jobs is that they're fun. They're just so much fun. But uh, with all the hours that you're going to have on the air, um, you know, I think a lot of us do prepare some over the winter. And I just kind of turn it into I, I didn't you know do basketball or the other sports. Milo did. A lot of basketball games and and other broadcasters do too, and they're and they're busy uh, professionally in the winter months. I was not, and uh, I used it to uh, get ready for next season. Of course, you know you're sitting there in November thinking, well, I've got nothing to do. I really want to be doing something. Uh, let me have an index card on every player that we're going to play, and let me put all the vital stats on him, where he's been in his career maybe some interesting things that have happened when he's played the Astros, anything that might be of interest to somebody someday and get that all out of the way instead of waiting till spring training and reading the media guides and, and trying to memorize, which I was never any good at. So that's what I would do. And I finally wound up putting it on the computer. And uh, when, when computers were invented, I was here then. So <laughs> I just tried to, um, simplify it and and to build up a database that would make it easier every winter uh to go over players and and things that you know might be of interest to somebody someday and i just you know i'd try to do some reading of baseball history just get prepared that way because i love it. i just love the sport and uh so it really was not work to me bill you've been calling all these games and now you're joining these players in in this hall how how unique is that for you to be kind of on the other side, if you will? Yeah, I can't get past that. I just can't. Uh, you know, I I just I feel like if they put us all in one room, I'd be the guy in the corner with the notepad and the pencil taking notes of all their stories. You know, all, all of us here are pretty much journalists, except for Billy. And so, you know, you grow up uh, knowing you're not going to play. You don't have that kind of ability, but you want to be close to sports and you're lucky enough to be a part of it. And that's good enough. <laughs> so I, I'm just blown away by it. I really am. On the same press conference alongside Bill Brown, here are some of the thoughts of Bill Doran. It, it certainly has brought back a lot of memories and a lot of great memories with with the people that, that 
that I was associated with back in those days and, you know, with Bill and uh, all the players, all the clubhouse guys, all of it, you know, there wasn't anything that, 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 that hasn't been missed over a long period of time. And, you know, now I, I sit back and, and I'm, I'm watching the Astros in the playoffs with regularity and, and now they're winning a few world series and, and gosh, you know, I, and I have to mention how, how happy I was for Dusty, you know, what a wonderful man. And, you know, I worked with him here in Cincinnati for a while and they're, they're just, uh, you know, the team today is a great, an easy group to root for. And I think that 86 team was an easy, easy team to root for as well. Those are the thoughts of Bill Doran, the latest Hall of Famer for the Houston Astros. He and Brownie, Bill Brown, will be inducted this summer of 2023. We'll have more Astro Line when we come back. We will hear from a couple of the guys who are on hand for FanFest at Minute Maid Park. The Astros ALCS and World Series MVP, Jeremy Pena, and Lance McCullers Jr., they're on deck as Astro Line rolls on, presented by Plucker's Wing Bar. The new Cactus Jack HBCU Classic is set to make its debut at Minute Maid Park. The tournament runs Friday, February the 17th through Sunday, February 19th. The field will feature Houston area Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern University, plus Southern University, Grambling State, Jackson State, and Mississippi Valley State University. Come check out the baseball and other events like the College Fair or Gospel Breakfast as a part of this amazing weekend. For tickets and more information, visit Astros.com slash HBCU Classic today. Secure your spot to watch the world champs with an Astros partial plan. Whether you want to be at Minute Maid Park every series, every weekend, or have a midweek break, there's a partial plan for you. Check out Astros.com slash ticket plans for the perfect plan today. Guess what? Spring training is coming up quick, and this spring will be your first chance to see the 2022 World Champions at Astros Spring Training. Spring training tickets are on sale now. You can enjoy the Palm Beaches and see your Astros in sunny Florida as they gear up for the 2023 season. Visit Astros.com spring to learn more. Send it down to the Fan Forum stage. Please welcome your hosts, Jeff Blum and Francisco Romero. Thank you, Bob. What a day to be at the Ball Paul Park. How's everybody doing? I was going to say, we need a little bit more. Do I need to introduce who these guys are? These are your 2022 World Series champions. Shortstop Jeremy Pena. And your starting pitcher, Lance McCullers Jr. And my good friend on the Spanish broadcast, Francisco Romero. Now our job is to talk a little about, about the 2022 Memorable moments, I think. So I had to study for the last three weeks. I'm just kidding. 2022 is pretty good. But I'm going to throw it over to Francisco. You're going to start this thing off. Thank you very much. How's everybody doing? We're talking about memorable moments. Uh, it was a great season. There was a lot of them. And uh, obviously the World Series. We can't forget about that. But... I'm going to start with something. I'm going to start with a game that uh, I think uh, not only showed the world how good the Astros were, but uh, it was a moment uh, calling the game from the broadcast booth. It, uh, it was amazing. And I'm going to talk about the no-hitter at Yankee Stadium during the regular season. I think that was a great game. And we'll talk more about, about more games, about the World Series. But uh, Lance, uh, um, Jeremy, that game was uh, special, I think, for everybody. It just showed the world that what everybody already knew, how, the, how good the Astros were. What was your feeling during that, that game for, for both of you? Uh, well, for me personally, that uh, stretch of games we were uh, rolling through was a big test for us. We were rolling into New York to face the Yankees and then face the Mets. So it was a good measuring stick for us because up to that point, you know, we were playing... I would say we were playing okay, 
but um, we got a really good opportunity to see how we stacked up against uh, the first place Yankees at the time. That didn't hold off. We caught up. And then uh, the Mets at the time. So uh, just watching that game, watching those uh, two series back to back, I think was a big turning point uh, for this team uh, during the 2022 season. Jeremy? I feel like that no-hitter just showed what those guys were doing all year. You know, those guys dominated all year, our starting pitchers, relievers, closers. And, you know, it was special to watch. You know, on TV, it was cool, but we had the best seat in the house. You know, I was seeing how electric their stuff was, and yeah, it was special. Indeed, it was special. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was a statement was made. But I want to fast forward a little bit. And a game that both of you were, were involved in had a huge impact. And it was game three in Seattle. All the hype was how is Seattle going to, how is Seattle going to handle this feedback is killing me. <laughs> but everybody was talking about going into a hostile environment. You guys have been doing this all year long. And we know that this is the best environment in baseball. But going to Seattle, that was an opportunity to close out the series and to have one of the better pitchers of the Astros going, not just physically, but mentally. Lance, you started that game. You went six shutty, two hits, seven punch. When you were going through that, did you have any idea there'd be another game and a half after you pitched? No, uh, that was the longest game I've ever been a part of, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm glad it went that long because we got to see an amazing homer by Jeremy. Um, which I think topped the series off for us. But that was, uh, for me, my wife always asked me going into the postseason, you know, do you think we're going to win the World Series? You know, how do you think the postseason is going to go? And I, I swear, I promise you, um, I said, if we can get past Seattle, we'll win the World Series. Because Seattle, uh, to me, was a really sneaky team, but they had made good at the break additions. And going into that environment, I knew if, they, if we split here, it would be, it would be tough. But uh, we won two here, thanks to Jordan, basically, both games. And uh, <laughs> the homer to right and the homer to left. And then... Um, those atmospheres you just feed off of, you love to be in those moments, and then um, the beautiful Jeremy Pena hit that bomb. That's pretty well stated right there. So Jeremy, you've been standing out there for the length of two ball games. What was it like to stick, step in that box? What was the approach? What was the feel when off the, off the bat? <laughs> he, he said thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, all I have to say is I don't think I've ever been 0 for 7 in a game in my life. And uh, going into my eighth at-bat, you know, it was just a matter of putting together great at-bats and passing it off to the next guy. You know, I have Jordan hitting right after me, so I don't really have to do much. Just get on base for him and let him do his thing, you know. And that game was special because we were up 2-0 in the series. And, you know, we have a dog on the mound, Lance McCullers. You know, he came up, did the job, and then our bullpen, you know, shut them out again. And, uh, yeah, we, we pulled through. We're going to have a chance for uh, Q&A, but let me ask this question to, to them again. Uh, another question. And then we'll have a chance for the Q&A uh, for both of you. Lance, you've been uh, an Astro for a while now. Uh, you're still pretty young, yeah, but they, they call old. you. I know, I know, but I know. They, you're still young, but they call you better. And Jeremy, you're, you're a rookie last year, but let me ask you both. Um, you've been here for a while, and I already asked Jeremy earlier, but what was it like when that uh, last out was made uh, during the World Series? Well, anytime you're in your fourth World Series um, and you've lost two previous. You really feel a little bit of pressure to try to, you know, have your team win, win that, win that ring. So, 
It was just a big sigh of relief, I would say, but it was also a little bit, a bit of validation. You know, we've been through a lot uh, over the years, um, you know, and being able to just finally break through and just show the world and show our fans who have supported us through everything that, you know, we are an amazing team, we earned this, um, was big for us. Sure was. Jeremy. I say it was special because we accomplished what we set out to do since day one in spring training. I remember coming in as a, you know, as a new guy in the clubhouse, and the first conversation I had with the guys was, you know, we're, we're going back to the World Series, so it's just a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, competing all year, you know, trusting the guys you have in the clubhouse, and you know, pulling for each other. And it was, it was special we, that we got it done. I think we're gonna have a chance to get questions from the crowd. But I've got one more question for both of these guys. You know, it's easy for us to sit on the outside and pick moments and recognize what's going on. But inside that clubhouse, there's, it's a different animal. What was the most memorable part of the 2022 season for each of you? Let's start with you, Lance. Well, for me, honestly, uh, Game three in Philadelphia, I did not pitch well. We lost, things happened, but we came back that next day and you saw our team respond. And you saw our team rally around each other. We were down 2-1, I believe, in the series um, with two more to play in Philly. And so when you're looking at the odds of a series, odds are not in our favor. Um, but we had Verlander, no, we had Javi that night and Verlander the next night. And so our team really round, rallied around each other, rallied around around me, and uh, you know we broke through, won that game, and we ran the table. But I think coming off a game like that, with as much momentum they had in their own home park, and it was like they couldn't even get out in their park the whole postseason. And for us to win the next two showed a lot about our team and our character. I say my memorable moment of the season was game one of the ALDS versus Seattle. You know, because we fell down early in the game and, you know, we never gave up. Just try to put together great at-bats. Jordan Alvarez hit one of the hardest and furthest balls I've ever seen hit to, to win the game. And I think that game was, was set the tone for the rest of the postseason. You know, if we lose that game, who knows? You know, Seattle, like Lance said, they have a great team, sneaky team, so, and they were riding high. So to lose that game, I think, you know, the momentum kind of shifted on our side, and uh, yeah, we just kept riding from there. All right, we're gonna see if the rumor is true. There should be a microphone out there. We got him. All right. Right in the middle, we got Joe. Who's got our first question? Here we go. First question. How you doing, Lance? This one's for you. Um, I've been right. a big fan since you came into the league, and I'm rocking the uh, Bury Me in the Age drip from Apollo that's Media. That's right. That's right. Uh, where, where do you get your drip and swagger from on and off the field? I got I mean, to know. The flow is just too cold. I know you see the Twitter videos. Got to love it. Oh, man. I don't know. I think it's maybe a little bit of uh, where I grew up, how I grew up. Uh, I think um, the way you dress is a, is a way to express yourself, and I always want people to know kind of, uh, I don't know, how I'm feeling, that type of thing, but, you know, off the field is one thing, but on the field is another. When you're on the field, you have to feel like you're invincible, so you got to make sure everyone knows it. How's it going? for sure we're running the table 10 nothing Jeremy question so one nothing so far <laughs> the veterans got him here we go um hi <laughs> sorry I don't do this often okay uh this one's for Jeremy um coming into the 20 sorry coming into the 22 20 20 20 
That's you know you what I mean. Deep breath. Would you have ever fathomed ending your rookie year being the MVP and a Golden Glove winner? Two-time MVP. Hey, I love you, I love you. But, I mean, going into my rookie season, you know, I never really put, you know, focus on the awards and the accolades. You know, that's something I've always done since I was a little kid. You know, I never focus on stats because I say it's a trap. You know, you start chasing numbers, chasing numbers, and it could be, get you in a dark place. So, my goal is always focus on the team, you know, showing up. Uh, preparing as best as possible for the game and you know competing with the guys having fun and letting the results take care of themselves so oh oh wait i have another question oh yeah can we sing happy birthday to my aunt <laughs> After, after, happy after. Birthday, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday, first, happy birthday. First of all, I want to say congratulations, MVP. <laughs> we thank all you, love you. you and the colors and the whole Astros. Thank you. But um, one question I have is, my son is a ninth grader at high school. He, yesterday was his baseball tryouts. What advice would you give him to, uh, as a first time baseball player? Uh, what I would say, and I, I say this a lot because this was the advice that uh, my father gave me. Uh, my dad played baseball in the big leagues in the 80s. And so when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a big leaguer. And my dad tell me to fall in love with the work. Fall in love with the hard work. You know, you have to fall in love with the game, even through the ups and downs. So fall in love with just working hard and being the best version of yourself. And then everything else should, you know, fall in line. And then I'm actually going to build off what Lance just said, you know, because I totally agree with that. You know, you can't fall in love with the instant results. You know, that's a myth. You know, you got to fall in love with the process. And then when you look up, you know, a year from now, then you see the progress. But, you know, if you go to the gym today, you wake up in the morning, and if you're expecting to see, you know, a six-pack, that's a myth, you know. So you just got to show up every single day. <laughs> You just got to show up every single day and put the work in, and then when you look up, you'll be where you have to be. Okay. Uh, okay. Question, question for Jeremy. Hi, congratulations on winning the gold, gold, Golden Glove uh, Award. Would you like to be my date for eighth grade prom? <laughs> Do you have an automated response yet? So you got to get permission from the Astros, because I'll be in spring training, you know, working out, so. Well played. <laughs> move it up, move it up. You got it. Hi, Lance. Hey. Question for you about your pre-flight Pre-pitch routine, what do you go for? My pre-pitch routine, like before the game or like during the game? During the game. So during the game, it's a little bit, a bit of about the, the circumstances, you know, the, the score, there's guys on base, who's up to hit, of course, but we're very blessed with uh, Martin Maldonado here. Um, and this game, yeah, give it up for, for Machete. You know, in this game, obviously, everyone notices the homers and the, the big plays, and those are all important. But, you know, the work that we put in behind the scenes before the games is just as important, and there's no one better in this game than Maldi. So a lot of my in-game pitch selection, thought process, it's all being talked about with Maldi in between innings. We usually go over the first three or four guys coming up, and if he gets beyond that, 
he'll come talk to me or we'll have a good idea of the scattering report. So a lot of times it's off speed uh, just because that's what I succeed at. But it is a lot to do with that pitcher-catcher relationship and trusting in him to give me the right suggestions. for the Astros, congrats on the winning the world championship. But this is for Jeremy, okay? Luna has something to tell you. Tell him. Come on, come on. <laughs> come, come on, Luna. Ready? Mira, ya te dijo Luna, okay. Yo y tú juntas, okay? Ready? Come on. Dile, dile. She say, te amo, Jeremy. Te amo también. I love you too. Te amamos, right? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Lance, Lance and Jeremy, um, being an ex-baseball player, never at your level, never at your level, um, I do want to ask something really important because I think for baseball players and sports players in general, they need to know how important uh, mental preparation is. So uh, could you enlighten us just a little bit on how you or what your approach would be, your strategy on being prepared mentally, especially at the championship level, you know? Obviously, coming to your level, you can't get there without serious mental preparation. And you know, like I know, uh, baseball is 90% uh, inspiration, 10% perspiration. So I'll start this one off. You know, I always say, when you move up in the levels and practice, everyone looks the same. You know, everyone hits home runs, everyone throws hard, everyone looks good in practice. But I say the mentality is what separates, you know, some of the guys. And, you know, if you don't build the mental toughness, then, you know, it's tough to succeed at that level. You know, I say, and that comes from preparation. You know, the, the harder you work, uh, when you take care of yourself, doing the right things on the day-to-day, -day, the discipline, that's all stuff that's going to make you feel more comfortable going into the game because you feel prepared. You know, when you feel prepared, you don't, you don't feel the pressure. Yeah, I'll piggyback off that a little bit. Um, I said earlier, fall in love with the work, and that's a lot of what it's about. Uh, preparing yourself throughout the week, you know, I have you know, four or five days in between my starts, so making sure that all of those days I'm doing what it takes, um, you know, not on the field, off the field, my lifts, my eating, my sleep, my studying, and the, the, the opponents, knowing that when I step on that field, I've done everything I can before I get there to be successful. And on top of that, I would say not, not being scared of failure. You know, failing is a part of this game, failing is a part of life. You gotta build off of those going out there and being able to just love the moment and no matter what happens, be able to accept it because you know the work that you put in before you got there. Not you're always okay with what happened, um, but knowing that whatever happens was supposed to happen and, and nothing that you did not do led to that. So I think preparation, doing the right thing when no one's watching as far as your work and not being um, afraid to fail will lead you to success. Um, this question is for Jeremy. First off, look what I got for Christmas. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I would just like to know, when you were uh, a young baseball player, like really young, who did you look up to? Who was your baseball hero? That's a great question. For me, that was... That's an easy question to answer because my father played in the big leagues, you know, and he's always been that role model inside of my house. You know, I've never had to go outside of my household to find someone to look up to. You know, I've always looked up to both of my parents and they've sacrificed so much for me. You know, you probably see me throwing up the heart. You know, that's just a small piece of what I do to show, you know, that I appreciate everything they've done. You know, it's hard 
coming to a new country to give your kids a better future and you know having to learn the language and compete but you know I appreciate everything done for me. I think I I want to say I'm going to thank all the players that were here to play for the World Series and the win for the special try and an honor. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I think that's going to do it. I want to hear everybody get real loud. These guys taking time out of their off-season to talk to you. Jeremy Pena, Lance McCullers Jr. They will be going for another title this season. Thanks, fellas. All right, guys, see you in March. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one. Baseball returns to Minute Maid Park for the first time in 2023 during the Houston Winter Invitational. Come watch six universities, including the University of Central Missouri, compete in the three-day tournament February 3rd through February 5th. Visit astros.com slash winter invitational to learn more. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To learn more. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com slash spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros, the Palm Beaches. Final segment on an Astro Line show on a Friday night presented by Pluckers Wing Bar, Todd Callis and Steve Sparks. Sparky, we've done a lot here on this show. We've gone over Fan Fest, the Houston Sports Awards. The National Hall of Fame was also in the news this week. We mentioned the Astros Hall of Famers being inducted with Bill Brown and Bill Doran going in. But the National Hall of Fame brought in another member after Fred McGriff was uh, voted in by the Veterans Committee. This time around, a couple of guys were very close, including uh, Billy Wagner, the former Astro. Todd Helton just misses, but Scott Rowland makes it. Yeah, and Billy Wagner inching closer, so... The jump of 17%, I mean, for, for Wagner, says a lot about uh, his chance. He's two two more years on the ballot for Billy. And I think either next year or the year after that, I mean, the way things have gone in the past, when they see these incremental uh, leaps the way he has, especially in the last three or four years, it bodes very well for, for Billy the Kid, doesn't it? Oh, it does. 68.1%, uh, two more years on the ballot. 2024 Hall of Famer or 2025 Hall of Famer. It's got to happen. Uh, his numbers continue to be up there with the best of all time. Mariano Rivera has him in a couple of categories, and Mariano's the only one who's thrown 900 innings or more who has him in those categories, and Billy still has the best K per nine and the best whip of any pitcher 900 innings. So he's elite of the elite. It's just a matter of time. He's had to wait this long. Seems like he's got a really good attitude where he feels like it's going to happen now. I think he's starting to anticipate the, the way things are going and it feels a lot better. I think there for a few years that Billy was probably a little frustrated that he wasn't gaining more momentum. But now I think the tide has changed a little bit for him and, and he feels really good about his candidacy. And he should. He's one of the most dominating closers of all time, I think he should be a shoe-in. So he'll be on the ballot again next year. Some of the newcomers next year include Adrian Beltre, who will be a surefire Hall of Famer. Joe Maurer and Chase Utley will also get votes. So yeah. not a guarantee he gets in next year, but it could happen. Uh, it just seems like Todd Helton's probably next on the list, and Wags either gets in next year or the year after. But to me, he gets in before his 10 years is up. Yeah, I think the only guarantee next year is Beltre. You know, I think Maurer may take a few years, uh, but... Uh, I think Wagner and Helton uh, might sneak in there next year, too. So I hope so. Fingers crossed. 
because uh, I really feel, you know, it's not just because he was an Astro for most of his career, but I thought Wagner, I mean, everybody understood how dominating he did it. You know, sometimes you see guys who get saves in, in this way and that way. And, uh, but Billy Wagner overpowered uh, batters in such a way that I always felt like he was a Hall of Famer just when I was watching him. So this year's class will be Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland. Congrats to Scott Rowland. A combination of what he did at the plate, defensively a wizard with eight gold glove awards and also a great base runner as well. Scott Rowland started his career as a Phillies draft pick, played with the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Cincinnati Reds and Toronto Blue Jays. Speaking of a Phillies draft pick, he's now the new general manager of the Houston Astros. Dana Brown, a Phillies minor leaguer, has worked his way through different organizations, and now he has been elevated to general manager of the Astros. If you are Dana Brown, it'll come full circle. We talked about Dana at the top of the show. What do you do now in your role as the new GM of the Astros? Yeah, I think when you're confident, you just go in there and you start to observe, you know, what do we have? You know, what do we have as player personnel? What do we have as a coaching staff? What do we have as a front office? How can we get better in all those ways? And I think for him, it's just to introduce himself, get to know some of these people and observe. And I think that's what he'll do at least for the first two or three months. But I'm excited. I think it's a great hire. Sparky, it's that time. We're less than three weeks away from pitchers and catchers, less than a month away from the first spring training game opening day in a couple of months. Uh, you got to be starting your prep work because I know you'll be down in West Palm Beach and not too long from now. That's right. You know, and I think the mantra is going to be back to back. We're we're going to be talking about the Astros being able to to go back to back for the first team since the Yankees did it in '98, '99, and 2000. So uh, there's a lot to play for, and these guys are uh, are never going to uh, just set on their laurels. You know, they're always going to push themselves to be better and better, and I think they want more. Well, that'll wrap up this edition of Astroline presented by Pluckers Wing Bar. Thanks to Steve Sparks, as always, Matt Boltz, working behind the scenes as our engineer and producer. Also, thanks to Jeremy Payne and Lance McCullers Jr., Bill Brown and Bill Doran we heard from earlier, new GM Dana Brown we heard from. All those guests this week will have plenty more to tell you about next week as we continue with more of our Astroline shows leading right up to our spring training shows, which will come live from West Palm Beach. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you next Thursday for another edition of Astroline. Huddle up. Players, please. Huddle up. Huddle up. Let's the World Series. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the official off-season show of Astros baseball. It's time to get soaked. Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astros are world champions, and here we go! Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Back to you! (laughs) Out of poppin'.